everyone. So I just want to thank you so much for your patience. I watched episode three when it dropped, completely lost my freaking mind. And I watched episode four, also snatched my wig two weeks in a row. And I cannot wait to do these episodes. I actually dedicated today to the P-Valley podcast um, because I have this episode to record. I want to record some more after it. And I also want to start uploading to my YouTube because I haven't uploaded in four months. I have like 42,000 views, not enough subscribers. So feel free to subscribe. I have to have 100 subscribers in order to be able to personalize my channel, and I have like 63 or so, but anyway, I I definitely will be bringing on someone, hiring someone within the next year to help with the podcast promotion, because I'm a one-woman show, and I am so, so busy, but I am so excited. Thank you to all of my new subscribers, so what I will suggest is, can you please just take an episode of the P-Valley podcast doesn't matter which one, but whichever one you like and text that, text a link to that um, episode to someone that you know watches the show. Like if you text your friends about it, if you tweet about it, if you get on Facebook about it, TikTok, whatever it is, just text um, a link to the podcast itself or a link to an episode. That would really help me out because it's exciting. I'm, I'm definitely getting a lot more excited to get on my mic. And when I say mic, I mean my cell phone because I have a mic that I don't, I haven't been using. Um, but it's exciting and it's exciting because of you. So I just want to shout y'all out, um, new subscribers, long-term listeners. Thank all of you so, so much. Um, and of course, thank everybody on P Valley. And this was a really exciting week for me the past few or the past week. So the past week, I actually had interaction with two of the main stars of the show, and I will leave it at that because it's not cool for me to name drop them um, or shout them out, but I appreciate them acknowledging uh, the P-Valley podcast because I have had some people from the show acknowledge it before, but it's been a while, so I really, really appreciate that so, so much. Um, also I noticed that cause I list or I review my stats and it's funny because if I talk about my personal life, then those are the episodes that, or the sections of the episodes that people listen to from front, from the beginning to the end. Y'all are nosy and that's okay. I love y'all. So the only little update that I will give is yesterday was kind of a life changing day. Um, I'm kind of being hyperbolic when I say that, but I just decided to, because I have so many email addresses, I just just decided to check one of my email addresses last night. So I checked it and I saw that I have received a big deposit um, into my Venmo. So basically, I'm kind of like Mercedes 2.0, like with her deal with Coach and his wife. No. I mean, this came from out of nowhere and I like was, I was screaming. Um, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Um, so shout out to the universe. 
I do know why I received it. I'm not getting into that. But um, who doesn't want to get surprised with a big-ass deposit? Um, so I did, I also want to say, I did the most research I've ever done or that I could remember doing for the P-Valley podcast. So for episode three, I actually watched it again and did all my notes. And then for episode four, especially, I read the most comments. I've read, I've read more comments than I've ever read before for this show to prepare for the podcast. I cannot wait to bring the heat, to bring y'all what I read. Oh my goodness. You know, my wig was snatched in episode three. It was also snatched in episode four. And I really think we're just starting to get into it. I really, really do. I am so excited. It's going to be so, so messy this season. Okay, just based upon what I uncovered and and based upon what I I feel. So I dedicated today to P-Valley, the P-Valley podcast. So I will be recording back to back to back. And I also will be um, starting to upload some videos to YouTube again. So anyway, let's get into episode three. So y'all were there. You saw what how episode three popped off. It was with Roulette getting buck naked in the boom boom room and then having um this guy ask her to take her mask off and then he takes out a lot of money because he wants a blowjob because he likes her lips and she goes ahead and she starts bobbing up and down on the dick. And I just gotta say, like, shout out to the writers for their writing because I have dick sucking lips as well. Um, I've been told many times and (laughs) it's like, I'm watching this and it's like, like the truth is I don't really wear lipstick because I'm, I don't want to hear the comments about my lips. Like I legit do not wear lipstick because I'm tired of hearing what men have to say about my lips. And it it blows my mind because I'm fully aware of why I don't wear lipstick. And it's crazy that I'm allowing men to dictate what makeup I put on my face because I don't want to hear from them. You know what I'm saying? And my lips aren't even that big. They perfectly go with my fucking face. But um, this is how these dumbasses talk. If you got if they think you got thick lips, they got to let you know what you you know what what you should do with those lips. Or what you're probably good at with those lips. And so Roulette is here breaking all the rules. You see Roulette looking up at the camera. And it's like you would think like when she was like about to suck his dick. She's like taking it out of his pants and all that. I'm just like okay well somebody's going to break up in the room. Like what would go down on season one. But in season one we had Diamond. In season one we had Adequate security but big l like big l is just he's a presence but that's all he does like he's physically in the club but that's like the extent of what he actually takes care of he's not there watching the cameras like he's supposed to be and it's funny too because like 
every single time that we see dick on P-Valley, like, <laughs> these horny female fans, like, P-Valley has the horniest fans, like, a lot of bitches were online saying that the guy is cute, they want to know who he is, they trying to find him on Instagram, and it's like, I guess they thought he was cute and he had a big dick, I, when I watched the episode a second time, which I honestly... I don't really watch these episodes twice before doing the podcast because it like adds to the time that it takes to do the podcast. But I watch it a second time this time and I was like, okay, he's pretty cute. But like, I don't know. I get scared. I honestly get scared sometimes of how some women get so excited over what they think is a big dick because I've seen dicks in my life that are the size of my leg. So I just, I don't get that. I don't get that excited like these horny ass um, fans be getting like that. So Roulette tells Mercedes that her bag isn't half half empty, it's half full. Now, after watching this episode a second time, I don't think that that was shade. I think that Roulette really was trying to be a, quote, optimistic bitch. I don't think it was shady. I just think that she was just so excited to be having a job where she's making so much bread that she just, you know, tried to encourage Mercedes in that moment And it's like she completely forgot her place because Mercedes knows how to make money. So she don't need to hear from the new girl about making money. So then Mercedes, she goes and she sees how tore up her gym is, the building that she wants um, to transform into her gym. And she just feels like overwhelmed with the cost of the renovations and getting it together. So then she goes and she calls coach so that she can start having sex with him for money. Um... And, you know, like, she kind of considered that a last resort in season one, but now times are tough. So then Terika, she's 15 years old, but she drove herself to pick up some food from Patrice Woodbine's church. And then Patrice, of course, is called out um, because, or she's alerted because Terika wants more food than she's supposed to get. And then (laughs) Terika calls her grandma Patrice, Patrice tells her, I will stomp a mud hole in your ass and walk it dry. And apparently that's like an actual Southern saying. I love it. I laughed. And I have to say, like, P-Valley season two is really funny. Like, we are getting all, like, it's a bit darker, but you also have to, like, call a spade a spade and also acknowledge that season two is a lot funnier than season one. Like, season one, I felt like maybe I would have a little chuckle here or there. Season two, episode three, hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. Shout out to the writers. Um, so then Patrice sees Terika and she gives her four boxes instead of two boxes. And it's the first time us as viewers were seeing that Patrice's heart is not made of ice. And I love, I'm so in love with how we used to hate Patrice. And like, from what I see, everybody has turned a corner on Patrice. And like, I know I have. I know I love Patrice now. Do I love what she did to Mercedes and what I want her to be my mother? No, but I love Patrice because she's here getting people together and getting in uh, Mayor Kyle's ass. So I'm here for it. So, um... Because Patrice and Mercedes have this estranged relationship, Mercedes doesn't even know about Patrice, or sorry, about Terika going to pick up food. So she doesn't even know, like, how bad things are for Terika because it's a secret to her. So then when Murder and Rome, 
They go to a convenience store when they out on their little tour. And then we got a fucking Becky Karen ass bitch who is terrified. And it's like, I think I'm, I'm just thinking about it right now. It's like, so the South is very, very segregated. So I think this white bitch, this white Karen ass bitch at the checkout counter at the convenience store, she's genuinely deeply afraid of black people because a lot of people was wearing the um, bandanas as a mask. And so I think it's just that because the South is so incredibly segregated and there are such negative stereotypes against black people, she just thinks, okay, there's multiple black people in my store. I need to call the cops, which is like, you really about to call the cops just because you see black people up in the fucking store and they're doing nothing but being black. But that's what it is for a lot of people in a lot of places around this goddamn country. And it was frightening. And, um, I appreciate that they, we were just like reminded that this is what happens and people literally call the cops for no fucking reason. So then, um, they go outside and they do their little, their photo shoot mostly with, or it's just Keyshawn and Lil Murda. Keyshawn winks at Lil Murda. Lil Murda pretends to die. And it's like, you know, we love Lil Murda. We don't need to see Lil Murda pretend to die this whole entire fucking season. And, you know, people are also saying that it's kind of foreshadowing too with them being up in a hearse. And I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm trying to enjoy the show. I don't want this show to make me cry. Okay. And I'm very, very scared for Lil Murda this season. So back at the pank, Autumn says Uncle Clifford should invite Mississippi and Murda to perform. And Uncle Clifford says, Crooked have a crooked have a bye. Hell, I wonder how her ass got out of her slave chains. <laughs> and it's like, again, the writers. I mean, Uncle Clifford ain't never been this funny. And people who weren't funny before are suddenly funny. Like, I re- this episode, it was flawless. Um, that was so funny. So, and that's when Autumn says when Uncle Clifford talks about how, um, you know, basically like what, what's he going to do? Cause he can't have Mercedes night or whatever. And Autumn says, Autumn Haley, whatever the fuck I'm going to switch in and out of her name. So she says that everyone could be replaced. And I really wonder about Haley's upbringing. She has no loyalty to anyone. It's sad. It's like she's really just on her own. And it's strange. Like, she doesn't understand the idea of family, the idea of friends. I want it like, why is she so alone? So, now Patrice is now one of my favorite characters. And she got Mayor Kyle all the way together. And she let all the people at her church know, like, look, this white man is lying to us. This casino ain't going to be no good. And this chicken is dry. Which was, again, the humor in this. I was laughing my ass off because she reminded me of every single person I know who could cook. And is very, like, people who could cook really get down in the kitchen. They love to talk about how bad other people's food is. And so it's like, just with her comment, it's like, you already know the bitch knows how to, to cook. It's just funny. I hate cooking for people who really know how to cook because they're, they're just like itching. They are sweating, frothing at the mouth, waiting to tell you something's wrong with your food. Um, 
I also love what Patrice had on. Her hat was cute. Her outfit was cute. Her heels, everything. She dresses nice, especially that pink that pink outfit she had on. So the cameos, they just keep coming, um, obviously. And, and what's so hilarious to me about P-Valley is P-Valley is so damn good that we know we've seen um, Megan the Stallion's ass cheeks on our screen in season two. And guess what? I don't give a fuck. I don't think nobody... like. I haven't seen anybody um, say shit about Megan the Stallion after episode two because they freaking look at everything that went down in episode three and episode four. It's like I don't I'm not even tripping waiting for Megan to come back because you got you have me so um, invested in what's going on with everybody else. That is genius. Can you, considering how big of a star Megan is that all of us are like, Megan who? It's funny. So I don't know when they're going to bring her ass back, but hurry up and do it though, y'all. I mean, I might as well. So the cameos, like I said, they keep coming. We see big Frida introducing little Murda and Kishan so they can give it to the crowd now. And now that they're on their champagne campaign and I love Keyshawn's outfits. Um, it's super cute. Just having a stripper next to a rapper. Like it, like, honestly, I ain't seen that shit before. I love it though. I would go to a concert like that, especially like if it was at the night, right? Nightclubs. Like, I think that would be really cute. So Lil Murda, he is paying attention to how like Keyshawn is really being gassed up and um, she's like, Keyshawn is really being treated like she's the headliner when she's really just supposed to be the sidekick. And so, um, you know, Lil Murda doesn't like that Keyshawn has chocolate covered strawberries. So Lil Murda's just like, where my strawberries and Benadryl nigga? Because they were like, no, you're allergic. And it's just like the comedy. Okay. It's just, it, they keep coming with the comedy. Um, I appreciate it. So then Mercedes, she goes to coach's house and Farrah coach's wife is really paying her dust. She has an attitude with her until Mercedes compliments Farrah's photography and, you know, coach comes out and, and Mercedes says something about how he looks different in the light. And it's like, we all know this is a different man. And you want to know how we know this is a different man? Because this man has a different complexion. Uh, he has a different complexion, a different face, a different height, and a different body. So, um, I guess the original coach from season one, like, he was double booked or whatever. Fine. If you're going to replace somebody with one um, actor with another actor, can you try just a little bit to get somebody who looks like um, the original person? Because, and of course, we thought the original coach was sexy. Like... You know, also, I'm going to tell the people who work on P-Valley, good job creating a show that people love so much that we can forgive y'all when you do fuck shit like this. <laughs> because it's like, you gave us a whole new coach, and honestly, I don't care. Like, I cared. Like, luckily, I saw people talking about it before I saw it, so I expected this bullshit, but I'm over it. Like, I got over it within, you know, a few minutes. That's how good this show is, so... Mercedes has to sign a bunch of NDAs with rules and they gave her stacks and stacks of paper and realistically ain't nobody going to sit there and go through every single line 
of all these documents, even though you should. It's like she should have gone through them. She should have, like, ran that shit past the lawyer, but she did it because that's not what most people are going to do. And a lot of legal jargon is purposely written so that the layman doesn't know what it means, what it translates to. But you got to remember, like, she has rules, right, that she has to follow. And, and this is definitely going to come into play later, which I will get to in episode four. So then Woody, <laughs> oh my gosh, like, now that I'm looking over my notes, I'm just realizing, like, this episode was packed with humor. So um, Woody, Rome, oh my god, Woody and Rome... And maybe someone else? Who the fuck else? Teak? Yeah, yeah. Woody, Roman, Teak. They're all sitting at the bar. Right? And then Woody, he... (laughs) Woody puts hand sanitizer all over his face. And he said that he ain't catched COVID yet. And I'm telling you, not only did this have me rolling, but you know, you know, there had to be people out here in these streets doing that goddamn shit. Because there are so many germaphobes, hypochondriacs, like Wody. Um, what was I saying? Wody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, Woody, Wody, whatever. You know what his name is. He put the sanitizer all over his face. And don't try that at home, folks, because hand sanitizer is very strong. That shit's probably going to peel your freaking skin. But that was so hilarious. So then, um... I got to say, like I said, I went hard with my research. So somebody said this and only one person said this. And this was on a YouTube video. And they said that Pico followed Murda all the way to New Orleans or Kansas or think about it. Wherever they was, that's where Pico followed, followed little Murda, wherever the dirty tour was. Just to let Murda know that he's going to expose him in some trade tale song. And just to start some trouble because Pico is part of a rival gang now. So Pico is obsessed with outing Murda. And I would love to know why. I, I would love for us to be given some backstory on why Pico is deeply obsessed with outing Murda. Because I don't like Pico and... um. I just would like to know, is Pico gay? Why is he so invested on exposing Murda? I understand that he's probably jealous of Murda's success, but he's just, he's too invested in this shit. So what is it? What is it? Why? What's the reason behind it? So, so Mercedes tells Farah that she wouldn't be at the penthouse about to sleep with her man if Farah wasn't okay with it because she has integrity. And Coach's wife, I think that kind of, um, I think that was kind of the first time that Coach's wife looked at Mercedes as being some, someone other than just another hoe that her husband wants to sleep with. And then Coach's wife, she is so mesmerized when she watches the Mercedes experience as Sadie's is twirling up on the pole. Like, Mercedes has gotten graceful in season two, in season one, Mercedes was really, really rough and a, a hard dancer and aggressive and nasty and just really throwing her ass around in your face and stomping down. And But in season two, like, Mercedes is a lot more graceful, like, which is what um, Mississippi was like 
and still is in um but how mississippi was in season one so mercedes it, she definitely is mesmerizing and sexy and elegant in a way that she wasn't her dancing was just different um in season one so when mercedes gets on top of coach and starts to like take his clothes off farah then decides to jump in and she's topless and she walks up to them and it's like there's something about farah her marriage where it's like she needs a new man essentially because um apparently this is what coach does like he always has a bitch or he has multiple women that he pays for sex and she doesn't like it because it like it's rejection right like she's being rejected like he's choosing these bitches over her just like because remember Farrah was about to walk out the room and then coach was like no watch what Mercedes how she's about to break it down and it's like She's being rejected and humiliated, essentially, and it's just a one-way thing, and she, because she don't got no man, this is what her man is doing, and so I just think she doesn't need to insert herself into what her man is doing and try to be jumping in like this, like, she needs to just find her own side piece. So then Andre's wife calls him, and she tells him that she has a job offer. He, of course, turns her down because, you know, he wants to remain in Chuckalisa, so the threesome sex scene, it was sexy as hell. It was some nice, good, softcore por- porn. But then it was interrupted by the gummy bear ringtone that Mercedes set for her daughter. So again, we are hit, busted, upside our head with some humor. <laughs> like, we are not expecting Mercedes, a grown-ass woman, to have that as her ringtone. And, like, the humor, the comedy is just nonstop. And I was listening to um, someone on a podcast and she was saying how like when you are dating someone or you have a sneaky link or any of that, you need to set a specific ringtone for them. I used to actually do this forever ago and I was like, damn, she's right. That's really smart. When I think about it, I'm like, after hearing her, of course I didn't do it yet, but I need to set specific ringtones for certain people in my life so I know to like jump up and get to the phone, um, so I just wanted to pass that along, so anyways, we see that Terika, she's still driving, we already saw her behind the wheel to go to the food drive, or the food bank, and now she gets pulled over while her mom, um, Michelle is in the back seat, passed out drunk, so Pico, he, we are back at the Dirty Dozen tour. Now, Pico was grabbing on Autumn in episode two. I think it was episode two, if I'm not mistaken, of season one. And now he tries to hit on a woman in the parking lot who's interested in Lil Murda. And the woman, she don't want Pico. And so then Pico gets upset and he says that the woman isn't Pico's, or sorry, isn't Murda's type. And that's when nigga feminist Big Teak fights Pico. Another hilarious line. Thank you, nigga feminist. Um, so Pico is all bark and no bite, essentially, because first Diamond threw his ass out of the pink. Then Murda fought him. Now Pig, Big Teak is there trying to punching him in the face, trying to knock his teeth out. Why does Pico try to be getting up on... Um, Lil Murda's bitches like 
Or why is Pico always chasing bitches that don't want him? Like, is he gay? Why is he out here always flexing, going for some bitch? Like, where is his bitch? Like, get your own girl. You know, like, what is Pico's story? I hope that they let us know. So at the pink, Roulette starts her period and she grabs a tampon from Whisper and then she puts the tampon in in front of Whisper because she's like, do you mind or whatever? And Whisper turns around, but Roulette ain't shut that goddamn stall door. <laughs> like, okay, I have questions. These hoes is on a whole other level of nasty. Okay, like, are the hoes nasty? Is roulette nasty? Or are the P-Valley riders nasty? Because what in the fuck is going on? You putting tampons in in front of your coworkers now? Why? What? Who? How? (laughs) Disgusting. Okay, so then Whisper gives Roulette a bump of some white powder. I don't know what it is. I don't trust, like, I don't know what's up with Whisper. I don't know what, like, if if somebody's going to give me powder and I'm supposed to take a bump, the last person I'm taking it from is Whisper because that shit might, like, really kill me. Um, But the problem is that Roulette, she can't just get a bump of something because Roulette... She's an addict. She's reckless. She has no impulse control. So I think she's already going to be about to be hooked on some shit. Um, so then Toya sneeze, sneezes and she says that it's allergies. And Uncle Clifford gets her ass on the pole, baby. But she just doesn't get on the pole. She has, she decorated her ass cheek. Why? Why, Uncle Clifford? Did you have to decorate your ass cheeks, too? I have never seen no shit like that before. Um, Uncle Clifford always got to stay doing the most. I see you, Nico. Okay? We saw Uncle Clifford's ass on episode one or two of season one of P-Valley. And by season two, I see that Nico has been doing his squats, keeping it tight and right. So that the character he plays, Miss Uncle Clifford's butt looked good. (laughs) You know, here's the thing. Like, squats work. Squats work. um, Lunges work. Leg lifts work. Leg presses work. And stairs work. All that stuff really, really works. And you too... If you don't got much going on on your backside, you too could have a tight booty like Uncle Clifford if you put if you put the work in. Um, so I really hope that we get to see more of Uncle Clifford on the pole. Like, remember how Sadie's wasn't there for her last dance and Uncle Clifford was like looking through clothes like, I gotta go, you know, I gotta go out there. And so... Uncle Clifford knows how to do some tricks on the pole, and I don't want y'all to tease us. I I hope that we get some more. Um, So Roulette and Whisper, they dance together. I don't like Whisper basically, like, she's doing weird. She's, like, kicking her leg. She's so weird. Like, that wasn't sexy. It was weird. Um, But I did, like, I do think she's a sexy dancer. But I just didn't care for that move. And then Roulette takes her top off and Uncle Clifford is upset. But Uncle Clifford, you shouldn't be that upset because um, Roulette doesn't really have anything going on when it comes to tits. 
Um, so then Roulette, she takes some shit. She goes, oh, I think you have something in your teeth to Duffy. Sorry, to Duffy. And then she takes a knife. And I want to know why she had to put a knife up to his teeth to take some shit out. <laughs> like, I just, I'm lost. Um, so then Mercedes and Michelle, Terica's mom, they argue about who should have raised Terica. And we learned that Mercedes had her baby at 15 years old, which I commented on. Um, you know, in season one, I was like, ah, this don't make no sense for Mercedes to be really young and then have an old ass daughter like Terica. So, you know, Terica's baby daddy is a pedophile. I don't care how old Mercedes looked at 15. He was still old as hell having sex with a young, innocent baby girl. And so thankfully he's dead because I'm glad I don't got to see him on the screen. It's really disturbing and it's unfortunate because there are a lot of men out, out in these streets like that. They know a girl is underage, but she's lying about her age and they're acting like it's all fine. And it's disgusting. So, um, you know, people did comment on Michelle looking different from season one to season two. I'm just going to say she looks different because I'm not trying to be an asshole, at least not in this episode. <laughs> right? I just got done apologizing for being an asshole when it came to Derek. So I'm just going to say, yeah, Michelle, she'd be looking different these days. So then Terica, she's still upset with Mercedes for not raising her. And I would like to know what the hell, because Terica, she's annoying to me. Okay. I said what I said. It's not like Terica knows what it's like to get pregnant by some grown ass married man when she's 15 years old. So she just should be glad that like Mercedes just has such an interest in her in the first place. So then customers at the pink, now they want to get their dick sucked. And it wasn't until I saw this guy come in and want his dick sucked that I understood why uncle Clifford says you can't be hoeing and turning tricks at the pink because what that does is now everybody like has different expectations and they don't want to pay you no more if you're not sucking dick or if you're not sleeping with them. So you're putting, by one dancer doing that, she's now putting all of the other dancers in danger because it's going to be a problem now when the men aren't getting what they feel entitled to because they know that there's, you know, there's at least one girl doing it. So why won't you do it too? And now puts all the other girls in danger and now ensures that nobody's going to make money because they're not wanting to spend money like that anymore when they know that they could get more out of somebody who's loose like roulette. So even though Haley threatens Uncle Clifford and said, don't call me yellow again, that's exactly what Uncle Clifford calls her. Um, and they both agree to sell the pink when they get a $10 million offer. And Haley tells Clifford that it shouldn't be any of her concern where all the dancers go if the pink were to close and be sold. And again, like Haley's weird. She just like, she doesn't care about anyone. She's very cutthroat. Um, she's a disaster. So I myself am an accent whore. And I'm going to say that I thought that Andre sounded sexy when he was at the table, dinner table, talking with Corbin about running for mayor. Like his accent was really thick. He's like, I'm from Chekalisa, blah, blah, blah. Like I am into Andre's accent in that scene. It was sexy to me. As far as Andre, the beard needs to go. The hair needs to go. Everything needs to go. He just, he drives me out. But in that moment, um, 
I, I thought his accent was sexy because people are talking about the accent so, so much. And I, I think overall, like everybody is nailing, like more of the cast members are nailing a Southern accent than other people. However, everybody kind of sounds like they're from a different region or a different state. And some people, um, you know who I'm talking about in particular, she just don't know how to do a Southern accent properly. But I think Andre's accent, Southern accent, it's, it's pretty, sounds pretty genuine to me, but you know, I'm not from the South. So anyways, um, Mississippi is there greasing little Murda's hair in his hotel room. And they talk about his postcards that he's been sending to uncle Clifford and everybody's like, I love their friendship so much. And it's so funny. It's kind of like the way that I hear fans talking about their friendship. I'm kind of like, do you have any male friends? You know, it's like, that's kind of what friends do. They have the heart, those heart to heart conversations. Um, so big Teak and little Murda, they have a sweet little heart to heart on the stairs, kind of reminiscing. And then mayor Kyle shuts down Patrice's church because he's upset that Patrice said that the casino is a bad idea. And then Patrice tells Kyle that he done messed with the wrong bitch. We already know Patrice is dirty. So, uh, Patrice, you got all of us to hate you. And now we are all rooting for you. I think a lot of us are rooting for you. We're on your side. Great job to the writers at turning this character around within such a short period of time. I am now team Patrice. But what I'm really curious about, because this clo- this show obviously likes to do weird shit with the cast, where the fuck is the other Kyle brother? I mean, there are two white um, Kyle brothers. Where the fuck is the other one? So is he going to show up? Is it like, I just, I don't know. I like that there was two of them. That both of them tag teamed and um, whooped Corbin's ass. So... Where's the other one? So that's really interesting. I haven't really heard it or seen anybody asking about that at all. But episode three, after seeing episode four, I still think that episode three is the very best episode of the series thus far to date. Um, And well done. What I really, really am loving about P-Valley is how we really don't know what the hell is going to go down because... You know, episode three was very theatrical and then episode four, I think kind of really slowed down a bit and it was really, you know, it was the most sex driven episode of the series as well. And we just, you never know what you're getting with this show. So that's it for my episode three recap. Thank y'all. I'm going to be recording my episode four recap after this. And then I'm going to be recording, um, an episode about spoilers So, yeah, you'll see all of that if you've subscribed. Talk to you soon.